0: You're listening to PetLifeRadio.com. This is The Great Pets Radio Show with professional dog trainer Brian Kilcommons and
1: Dr. Jim McKiernan of the Great Bay Animal Hospital. The Great Pets Radio Show. Now, here's Brian and Dr. Jim.
2: Hey, good morning and welcome to Great Pets on this lovely day. Get out there with your dogs after the show. Uh, And you can reach us. I'm with Dr. Jim McKeernan, my co-host from the Great Bay Animal Hospital at 1-888-441-9876. We're going to be talking about pit bulls today and legislation that's going around not only this country but Canada. And it's more of a problem than you think. They're convincing us that they're making communities safer. The data doesn't support it. The legislators are out of control and they need to do their homework. They're messing this up and killing thousands of dogs based on uh, wrong data. You know, where does it stop? And where do we stop them? They're seizing private property. It's a big problem. And we got a call on the line from a Marion's calling back. Okay. So, Dr. Jim, what's up with
1: you? Good morning, Brian. How many pit bulls? And we use the word loosely as pit bulls, but we're going to talk about that. That term really doesn't even apply, right? There's a situation
2: in Brampton, Ontario now. Uh, they passed uh, a breed-specific legislation, BSLs, as they're known. So they're going to outlaw pit bulls. Right. The thing is, there's no such thing as a breed <laughs> I know, as far as pit bull. So they have this broad category <laughs> that they use the way the dog looks to base what its behavior is going to be. And on that basis, they will then confiscate dogs. So you have this animal control officer driving around he sees two dogs in the backyard he pulls in he goes you know what i think they're pit bulls six cop cars show up they intimidate the owners the owners give up the dogs they're now fighting in court to save the dogs it's a true story this this is going on now yeah it is absolutely obscene in fact we're going to have karen delise on from the National Canine Research Council, and we're going to get to what the truth is here instead of this fantasy.
1: And you know, a lot of this particular breed, and I can tell you from experience, when they come in, because a lot of the shelters, you'll find these mixes—if you want to call them a pit bull mix, for lack of a better term—they're mm. nice dogs. They're not. This is not the answer. So I look forward to this uh, this cool. conversation. All here. right, and we have Marion Shelley on the line from Stop Ontario. Stop. <laughs> Adam, wanna <laughs> behave?
2: <laughs> Good morning, Marion. How are you? Good, how can we help you?
3: Yes, my pup is, um, we, we've taken him to an obedient school, and he's being aggressive. And I mean, it seemed like it was very sudden, like I didn't see many signs. It's interesting.
2: What are you classifying as aggression?
3: Um. Well, at the school, if um we would have off leash time, and if a other dog came over to say hi, he, they would sniff nose to nose for a while. And
2: he would snap. <laughs> All right. So, well, he's frightened of other dogs, basically. Yeah. Is the class separated from big dogs into large dogs?
3: Um... Not really. I think they... Yeah, there were some larger ones. It was the
2: same age group. It doesn't matter, same age group. As far as what what type of dog is this? He's a
3: uh, Bichon Frise.
2: Okay, so it's a small dog. And how old?
3: He's about six months.
2: Okay. All right, so, one, I'd keep him around other small dogs. The larger dogs, he's probably going to be uncomfortable with. Are you standing still in class and letting the dogs come up to you?
3: Yeah, actually.
2: You need to stop that. Okay. You need to keep moving. Yeah. Also, you need to be happy and laughing and giggling and saying how wonderful this is.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: He won't stay under the chair by himself. Yeah. I, I, he's yeah, neutered, right? The classes Mike. are, like, finished. Like, he's
3: they graduated a while ago, a couple weeks, I think.
2: All right, well, I'd go see about maybe getting him to a dog park where it's separated into small and big dogs. Mm -hmm. So he's only with the small dogs. Keep moving. All right, you want to look where he is going to become more comfortable. That's going to take a little bit of time. Are you correcting him for the aggression? Yeah. Okay, stop that. Okay. That's just going to confuse him. Yeah. He's getting overwhelmed and he's reacting. Okay. Okay, so if you get him around some small other dogs, keep him moving. You kind of set the tone and being happy with him. Okay. Right? That's going to make a big difference. What's his obedience like?
3: Um, Pretty good, actually. He's doing very good.
2: Good for you, and good for taking him to class. Yeah. You know, the obedience will help him change his mind, too. Mm-hmm. Just before going in, you may want to do a little, obe- little obedience work with him. Mm-hmm. And then let him run and play, but the trick here is to keep it moving. Yeah. All righty?
1: Marion, mm-hmm. yeah. you still there? Yep. Two questions for you. Is your dog neutered? Okay, terrific. Second is, is there any uh, legislation or laws about uh, pit bulls where you are?
3: Um, pit bulls?
1: Yeah. Uh, I don't think so. Not that you know
2: of. No, okay. This is, this is in Brampton, Ontario. Yeah, okay. Ontario is pretty big. Well, thanks, Marion. Good luck and let us know what's going on. Thanks. Alrighty, All righty. Bye bye. Bye. All right. And we have Karen DeLise from the National Canine Research Council. She wrote the book Pit Bull Placebo. And we're talking about pit bulls this hour. Um, because th- there's a lot of places around the country, Texas, Ohio, Denver, Tampa, uh, and, and in Florida, Florida, the I'm sorry, but the idiot legislatures down there, the committee committee for community safety mm-hmm. just is trying to overturn a law where communities can set their own breed bans up. You know, I was I've been in Florida a lot this winter. They've cut animal control thirty to forty percent. You know, what are they thinking? They are asking for math euthanasia of dogs, and they have no viable reason for it. And we're going to be talking about that. We have Karen DeLeese on the line from the National Research Council. Good morning, Karen.
3: Good morning. How are you?
2: I'm good. I'm pissed off.
3: (laughs) Yeah, me too.
2: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Good morning, Karen. Good morning. (laughs) I'm tired of these idiots passing these laws that they're taking taxpayers' dollars, wasting their time, Yeah, I just read in Florida, in South Florida, they're closing down two out of five major hospitals in South Florida. Meanwhile, the legislature is, you know, trying to do this. Why don't you give us an outline of what they're up to?
3: Well, I think they're trying to do what other places have done, meaning Ontario and Denver, is they're trying to pass laws for people who don't obey the laws anyway. And so all it's going to catch is the people who already are law-abiding, who already care about their animals, and who already care about community safety. Uh, those are the people that you're going to catch in this huge, wide net you throw. And all the people who are laws and don't care, about, don't care about their dogs, don't care about your dog safety, don't care about your safety, um, they're ignoring the laws that are existing that pr- protect people. Um, so I don't know what they imagine they think they're going to accomplish by passing more laws aimed specifically at the dog Karen, and not at the owner.
1: Karen, what's, wh- tell us about Denver. What's, what do they do in Denver?
3: Well, Denver, um, since 1989, uh, Denver has had a pit bull ordinance, a breed ban. Mm-hmm. And they actually will come to your door, knock on your door, and take your dog if they think it looks like a pit bull.
2: 1,600 dogs euthanized in Denver.
3: Yes, rec- yeah, since I think 2005, but don't quote me on that number. But the thing is, is um, you know, Denver reacted to the media back in, in the late eight, um, 1989, about 1990. The media was playing up this pit bull thing, and they reacted to it, and they passed this, this breed ban. But the, the irony of it is from 1995 to 2007, Denver has had a higher rate of dog bite hospitalizations than any other county in Colorado. They're the only one with a breed ban, and yet they have more people. Now, this is the incident of dog bites, so it's not, people will say, well, Denver's got more people. No, but the incident of dog bites, hospitalizations, is greater than any other county
2: and in I, Colorado. And I think what's important for our listeners to understand is that. Denver passed this on the basis that the pit bull was more dangerous than other dogs or pit bull type of dogs. So that was their rationale for this, and now it's had no impact. They still have the equal, if not greater number, of dog bites. Karen, we're going to be talking about this when we get back. And also, what does it mean when the state comes in to seize private property, which dogs are? We need to go to break. Hang with us, Karen. We'll be back. Give us a call at
0: 1-888-441-9876. You're with Great Pets Live. Be sure to tune in when Pet Life Radio goes live from Global Pet Expo, the world's largest annual pet products trade show. March 25th through the 27th, you can catch all the new products coming out for our pets before they even hit store shelves. From the latest in all natural and eco-friendly products to the most elegant in pet pampering and high-tech innovations from companies all over the globe, it's at Global Pet Expo. Nearly 800 companies will be displaying new and exciting products to make time with our pets even better. Tune in March 25th through the 27th for everything Global Pet Expo. only on PetLifeRadio.com. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com.
2: Welcome back. You're with Great Pets. I'm Brian Cole Cummins with Dr. Jim McKiernan, and we have Karen DeLeese on the line from the National Canine Research Council. I think one of the biggest things that I'm concerned about, and I don't know if this is really resonating with people yet, when dogs are considered property, you know, that's our property. So the state is now coming in, passing laws where they can't identify exactly what they're outlawing. They're guessing. And from the data that we have, and we're going to get into that with Karen in a minute. But is it the states? I mean, we, we, we talked earlier about... the state. But when I mean you like I'm, I'm talking about the state. I'm talking about government. Okay. Whether, gov- whether, right. whether local or national. Uh, okay. But they have the power. Mm-hmm. You know, they have the guns. They have the police forces. They have the fining. Mm-hmm. They have the power to now seize our property. And if we're going to be going on this basis, you know, with all the car recalls and 34 people died because of malfunctioning cars. We wouldn't allow them to come in and start snatching cars out of our driveways because they deemed it dangerous unless they could really foment that. And Karen, what's the problem here with uh, identifying what they're trying to outlaw, i.e. what they're saying pit bulls, bully breeds, or pit bull type of dogs? Well, there's there's a
3: lot of problems. Um, a- as far as the debate that you know certain breeds are, quote, more dangerous than others. That debate is over uh, as far as the experts and professional community. Where,
2: where did that come from?
3: It came from the media. Um, it really did. I mean, um, you see, they back 20 years ago, and you'll still see it today, they're talking about the media will say that a pit bull has the bite of 1,800 PSI, pounds per square inch. I mean, there is no documented um, study Ever supported that, and yet the media constantly repeats that over and over. And you even see that Miami's in in their ordinance, they quote that. And yet, no no professional, no canine professional, no veterinarian, um, no behaviorist, no official ever has said that. And it was a media generated rumor, and it just found its way into the quote well, conventional wisdom. Y- but
2: you you know those pit bulls, those jaws lock.
3: Yeah, and there's a the locking door, too, y- right. Yeah,
2: you yeah. know, that was just quoted by one of the legislators down in Florida.
1: So are you, do you think, Karen, that some breeds don't have a higher predilection towards aggression?
3: Um, no, I don't. Um, you know, th- there's no way to prove that. I mean, you know, a- an animal, there's, there's a complex interaction between dogs and humans. And I don't think you can pick out a single vector and say, okay, well, we can determine that this breed is more aggressive because because it acted a way a certain way in a certain situation um, I don't think there's any studies that um, will validate that um, I, I just believe that you, a dog is a product it's a product of its environment and its, its genetics can, Karen, and no, you can uh, separate the Alan, two Alan,
2: the, the, uh, the genesis of a lot of this came from the Centers for Disease Control 20 years ago when they were saying okay bite statistics and fatal statistics And this is what they're saying now. This is the the Center for Disease Control statement. The study does not identify specific breeds that are most likely to to bite or kill. Thus, is not appropriate for policy-making decisions related to the topic. There is currently no accurate way to identify the number of dogs of a particular breed and consequently no measure to determine which breeds are more likely to bite or kill the american veterinary medical association statement in contrast to what has been reported in the news media the data cannot be used to infer any breed specific risk for dog bite fatalities two of the biggest organizations in this country especially the avma they're telling legislators this and the the
1: legislators aren't paying
2: attention and yet we just had that can of worms opened in florida allowing What they're trying to do is allow different towns and cities to set their own ordinances for breed-specific legislation. It's a mess. And what happened down in Miami? I know Apollo was confiscated. And what was the determination there, Karen? Because they took the city to court, which is generating more costs for taxpayers. So the the owners took the city to court. And what did the judge wind, wind up saying?
3: Um, and don't quote me on this but i believe it was that um, the definition of pit bull is too vague right um... and that it can't be used to identify a dog and apollo i believe was released
2: All right but you you have other owners you have now owners up in brampton ontario where the genius yeah. city fathers up there decided to enact breed specific legislation um, and as far as in ontario itself and now in brampton Guy's driving along, he looks in somebody's backyard, he looks at two dogs, goes oops, they're pit bulls. They send six cop cars, they intimidate the owners, the owners give the dogs up, they're now going to kill the dogs, the dog lovers are now finally getting wise to this and starting to put pressure on the government. And now to maintain their position, the officials in Ontario, Brampton, Ontario, are going to charge them with further crimes for harboring a pit bull. Meanwhile, I, you know, you can't identify what these
1: dogs are. You can just see this dog whacking its tail like, wait a minute, wh- wh- you're taking me where? I've trained, I know, not hundreds, but thousands of these dogs.
2: Are there some bad dogs? Yes, but the biggest problem here is that we're not looking at where the problem lies. The people that own these dogs, and whether it's a pit bull, a pit bull type of dog, a Rottweiler, a big mutt cross... They're the ones who are
1: responsible for caring for the dogs, having control over the dogs, and making sure they're safe. Karen, have they gone to any other breeds, to your knowledge, uh, besides the, you know, quote-unquote pit bull?
3: Oh, it, sure. Um, I, I, I don't have the exact number, but there's about two, different, two dozen different ther- breeds. 36,
1: to be exact. 36 okay.
2: different breeds have been outlawed? in
3: well, the, the United States?
2: Yeah. Throughout okay. the United States. Rottweilers. And there's a history of this. 1925, they were banning German Shepherds. Yeah. And again, we are missing the mark as far as making sure people spay and neuter, and we give them the information to make sure their dogs are safe. And what's really ironic is they're not enforcing the, dog- the laws on the books. Leash laws, licensing laws, and dangerous dog laws. So Karen, what do we do with these legislators? Um, uh, Well, what concerns (laughs) me, if they're they're screwing this up with all the data that's available to them, you know, what else are they messing up? They're taking taxpayers' dollars and along with that laying a legal precedent to uh, confiscate all private property, and people are going, this is okay? That's not okay. Well, that's the frightening part. The frightening
3: part is that you will see... Um, time after time that the legislators and politicians
2: Karen, we need to go to break hold that thought, we'll be back you're with Great Pets Live
4: this valuable information comes from your pet there's nothing like a wagging tail or friendly paw to lift your mood They're therapeutic and make us feel good. Studies show pets even
1: reduce stress, prevent heart disease, lower blood pressure, and fight depression. So there you have it. Pets are a daily dose of good health and happiness. Pets add life. To learn more, visit petsaddlife.org.
0: That's it. You're madder than a junkyard dog, and you're not going to take it anymore. Your feathers are ruffled, your dander is up, and you've got a definite bone to pick. Join us each week on Pet Peeves, the show that lets you dig through the dirt and unleash your passion for pets. Your host, pet expert and award-winning author, Amy Shojai, will talk about what makes you howl and what hisses you off. Pet Peeves, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.
4: Talk
0: Let's Talk Let's Talk Radio. On Pet Life Radio. PetLife Radio. Pet Radio. com. <laughs> Welcome
2: back. We're with Karen DeLeese from the National Canine Research Council. We're talking about pitfalls and some of the stuff that's going on legally that is of great concern, or it should be to us. So, Karen, I didn't mean to cut you off. You were saying.
3: I was saying the problem with a lot of the ordinances that are passed is that um, either experts aren't consulted uh, pri- prior to these ordinances being passed, or if they are consulted, they're ignored. And you really see that over and over again.
2: Well, I'm going to um, give you an, an example of that. They had a hearing in Florida on whether to you know, have this bill go into the Senate for a vote. They had the American Kennel Club there, the Humane Society of the United States, the Florida Animal Care and Control Association, i.e., animal control officers, the National Association of Control Officers, veterinarians, and the local humane societies all saying this is wrong. And they passed it anyway. So, as far as them not paying attention to what the data is and what the animal field is saying, plus what they're doing with this type of legislation is increasing the cost drastically for animal control. They don't have the manpower and it really is relegating people's pets to be killed by the state
1: karen Yes. can you share with us a little bit about the na- your national national research canine council just so that w- listeners have an idea of what that's all about
3: yeah um, well the, the mission of the national canine research council is to publish accurate documented reliable research uh... in, in hopes of promoting a better understanding of the human canine bond mm-hmm. because we, what the problem is is this so much misinformation. You know, like I mentioned before about the 1800 pounds per square inch and you know, the locking jaws and right. um, you know there's just so much misinformation and now with the internet um, it's very difficult to decide, you know, or, or to figure out what's legitimate, what's not. Oh, what's ain't the that truth. the truth. <laughs> yeah. So we try we try and cut through and say, look, we can prove this, this is documented, this isn't and and, and because we want we want a better Relationship with dogs and humans. So
1: do um, so do people or corporations uh, contact you or contract you to look into certain research? Is that what is that how it works?
3: Well, yeah. I mean, we, we try to provide information to people, um, you know, so that they have a better understanding of how to address the problems in
2: their community. Okay. I d- what th- there's a wealth of information on this site. I think a lot of people who have um, preconceived ideas of pit bulls or pit bull types of dogs are going to be very surprised how this started and why this is being continued and finding out what the truth is so Karen what's the website
3: it's the National Canine Research Council
1: dot org dot com yeah dot com so mm-hmm. you okay. know you can
3: go to dot org too
1: yeah. this is you know and it does it, you know I, I guess I'm not as heated up as Brian pissed off but I'm close to it the more I listen to it but I want to. here's the thing that gets me I'm a solutions oriented guy so when I hear all of these great organizations showing up in court, giving their peace, and they're passing it anyways, you know that these people are working on a knee-jerk response. They're doing it for maybe political reasons, but no one or that I'm hearing so far is stepping up saying, this. And, and Brian, let's chime in because what is the solution? I mean, if you have, and if your number of bites went up in Denver when you even got rid of the so-called pit bulls, what is the answer to this? If we're not going to outlaw these breeds, can somebody step up and say, here's a plan, and what would that plan be? Any thoughts on that, Karen?
3: Yeah, I do. And um, and let me correct you here because maybe uh, you misunderstood what I said. It's not that bites are going up. And and, and herein lies the problem. Actually, bites, uh, reported dog bites are at historic lows here in the United States. So
2: there's not an epidemic of dog bites anymore?
3: Absolutely not. Back when in 1970, okay, New York City had over 35,000 dog bites a year. They're down to around three to 4,000 a year now. I mean, you're talking from 30,000 to about 4,000 bites a year in New York City. And
2: millions of people and dogs.
3: Yep, millions more than there were, yes. And so, you know, first we have to quell this whole idea that um, there's a dog bite epidemic And hence the pit bull or certain breeds are responsible. I mean, the two premises are completely, um, the facts don't support either one of them. And so first we have to quell the hysteria that we have this huge dog bite problem. I mean, if you get bitten by a dog, yes, you have a problem. But um, as a society, and as a um, Department of Health point of view, no, we do not have a dog bite problem in this country.
2: But part, part of this, and getting back to Dr. McKiernan's original question, one, enforce the laws on the books. The leash and licensing laws are not being enforced. The licensing laws will tell you who the bad actors are. Two, go for dangerous dogs. Don't go for certain breeds of dogs. And hold the owners responsible. The bad char- characters don't spay or neuter. They let their dogs run at large. They're usually kept outside, and they're used for some type of protection and or fighting. You know, so once you, you start getting people to license their dogs, and we can start tracking these people, we can start then attending to the human behavior, because that's where it lies. It's not the dog.
1: We're profiling.
2: <laughs> you know? ba- basically, we are. Yeah. What, we, what they're saying, what the legislators are saying, is that untrained people... Listen, you know, I've been in the field almost 40 years. When breed-specific legislation came up in New York City 20 years ago, we fought the contra- administration because it was the wrong way to go. It's still the wrong way to go. The thing is, is these legislators are wasting taxpayers' money, and at the same time, they're setting a precedent that they can come in and seize property. They can seize our property based on... A description that is so broad its unenforceable and that's been proven in court this is what the scary stuff is because if they start using this as a precedent if they deem something else dangerous what else are they gonna start coming in and taking right so Karen what do you think the solution is here
3: well I think um, the first thing is to quell the fear and and that's part of why um, we're allowing or communities are allowing um, the officials to come in and take their dogs Because uh, we've bought into this whole thing that we need to be fearful of certain dogs. And, um, you know, unfortunately in society, there are people who are always going to disregard your welfare, whether they're driving drunk behind the wheel of a car or whether they own a certain dog. Um, You know, every time we talk about the dog breeds, therein lies the problem because we're not addressing the owners. And so we have to stop. The first thing we have to do is put the problem in perspective we have to stop talking about the dogs, and we have to talk about the owners, because they're essentially only the, pe- the, the only people who we need to address to solve the problem. And we do, have, we do have laws on the books that will address people who allow their dogs to become a nuisance or a danger. And, um, you know, I think Brian was saying, too, about animal control. They're, being, they're underfunded, um, and yet you're going to pass laws, additional laws that they have to enforce, and they're not even going to have time to enforce the laws that are already existing on the books, which are there to, for public safety. The, the leash laws and not allowing your dogs to roam loose are laws that are already in place for public safety.
2: Right, and if their mandate is go pick up dogs that look like pit bulls, which is can be a boxer German Shepherd cross, boxer Lab cross, and the litigation that's going to come from this, which is already happening. I mean, if somebody comes into my house, take, forces me to give up my dog, and they're going to kill it because of the way it looks. I'm going to use every resource I have to make sure that doesn't happen. And people are doing this. So it's creating more costs for the community. If animal control has said, listen, this is your mandate. Pick up the pit bull, what looks like, you know, a pit bull-type dog, wherein they're guessing, right? right? They're not going to be paying attention to the r- truly dangerous dogs that are in the community and doing the job of enforcing licensing and leash laws.
1: You know, Karen, from the public's perception right you these this breed is known for dog fighting vicious dog fighting right we got that through michael vick stuff secondly when you hear about deaths of people from you know again quote unquote pit bulls so when you talk about quelling the fear i think that's through media which is what you're doing today so right I mean you need to get the, we need to get the word out to people that this is, you know, this is what their no, perception is.
2: We know, we need to hold the media accountable. You know, I was a reporter with this Jim. Yeah. Anytime I read an article, pit bull type dog, what does that mean? It just flames the, you know, fans, the flames of people's fears. Right. And they're, they're, it, it's a profile that they could not substantiate. I'm almost, I'm spitting, I'm so mad yeah. about this. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, and when I, you look at a community that has killed 1,600 dogs because of the way they look and saying, this is okay, it's not okay. And I've given up on trying to identify the breeds of dogs in the kennels. I would, can safely say, I'm an authority on dogs and identifying dogs. And I cannot figure out what the mixes are in most shelters. For untrained people to use this as a way of confiscating people's property is just a train wreck. Well, for
1: years, when people owned a Rottweiler or a Pitbull or whatever term you want to use, and you wanted home insurance, right, homeowners? Mm -hmm. You you write down in your insurance a Rottweiler mix. (laughs) Because, you know, if if it's a purebred, you're in trouble, but if it's a mix... And the the question, Karen, is on some of these states in Denver and other places, are they going after the mixes too? Is it oh, just
3: absolutely. Sorry. Anything they think looks like a pit bull. And the Brampton case is, is a perfect example. I mean, you know, like Brian said, you know, even, even when we think a dog looks like a pit bull, the DNA will often show that we're wrong. But in this case, you know, and I hate to use visual ID, but in this case, you look at these dogs and you say, who thought they looked like pit bulls?
2: Uneducated animal control officers. Karen, we're going to break. Please hang on. We're going to come back. We're talking about pit bull legislation and what do we need to be
0: aware of. How many pets is too many? Do you know somebody whose life is overwhelmed by their animals? Maybe we can help. We're looking for people to be in a new TV series about really large animal families. We can offer expert help, free resources, and the chance to tell their story. If you or someone you know owns a house full of animals, call us toll free at 1-877-MY-8-PETS. That's 1-877-MY-8-PETS. Aquariums and pond keeping are among the most popular of all hobbies in the United States and throughout the world. In fact, fish are probably the most numerous pet in people's homes and in their businesses. In Aquarium Mania, we'll learn more about the secret and not-so-secret life of fish and other inhabitants, the basics of good aquarium keeping, the complexities of the aquarium industry, and the science and art that surround this fascinating hobby. I'm your host, Roy Yanong, and I'd like to thank you for joining us. Aquarium Mania. Every week, On demand. Only on PetLifeRadio.com. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com.
2: Welcome back. You're with Great Pets Live. Dr. Jim McKiernan is my co-host. And we have Karen DeLeese from the National Canine Research Council on the line and we're telling the truth about pit bulls we need to bring this into perspective the media keeps saying they're killing people and they're fatal and they tear up children and we have to do something they're fighting each other people dog bites have dropped drastically and also Karen how many fatalities have been from pit bulls lately
3: well you know that's again we were just talking about how you can identify dogs by visual identification and um, if you call everything a pit bull, then you're going to have a lot of fatalities by pit bulls. And, and that's presently what's happening. If any dog that clearly isn't a Britney Spaniel or uh, a Newfoundland uh, seems to be getting the label of pit bull or pit bull mix. Um, or
2: pit bull type.
3: Oh, pit bull type, yeah.
2: I love that little phrase. So what are people to do here? You know, people who love dogs, they want to make sure that the government is going to be staying out of their homes and not confiscating their pets and or killing them. What do we tell people to do when this is coming up in different areas of the country?
3: Well, I think I think we need to each take responsibility for keeping our own dogs and our neighbor's dogs safe. And I think that we need to report people who um, are endangering the community by allowing their dogs Uh, To roam loose, harass, um, and just pretty much intimidate our neighbors, and you know, if we start making complaints about the individuals, then. You know, perhaps we can address the problem than just complaining about breeds of dogs because complaining about breeds, breeds of dogs is never going to solve the problem.
1: Karen, with, with bite wounds, you had a good point. Is, is it the dogs that are roaming free, that are not, you know, within their invisible fence or in any yard, or a lot of the bites from people who enter their property?
3: Well, you know, a lot of the bites are really um, towards, like, extended family members. And I, and I noticed this is of kind of, you might feel very comfortable with your dog. The, the nuclear family, the immediate family um, understands the dog, um, knows its behavior, yep. has a bond with it. Now your cousin comes over. And you're like, oh, that's okay, Buster's good, Buster's okay. But Buster's like, well, I don't really know your cousin. Um, and so we see a lot of bites with, with kind of extended family members or visiting people. But
2: basically by known dogs
3: yeah I mean you it, know, it's
2: not some dog running at large it's right. they know the dog they try to interact with it, and the yeah, owners either haven 't trained it, have't socialized it, lock it up, and then bring it in, or they don't read the warning signs
3: exactly, and so. there are loose dogs of course, there are roaming dogs, um but they're they're not as as frequent as we would think they are, um but there certainly are cases of dogs running loose. Uh,
2: Injuring people, yeah. So, what do we do about one, convincing people that we do not have an epidemic of dog bites? And two, what information do we start getting out there? I know as a trainer, one of my favorite things is the AKC good uh, canine citizen test. You know, that's a great standard of behavior that's achievable for most people, and holding that up and maybe getting a reduction in licensing fees if they have passed that test uh, successfully. Do you have any other ideas where we need to head here? And also, what do we do with these legislators? (laughs) I mean, Vanna, by a vowel. I mean, you know, they're just dismissing the data that we have, increasing our costs. And I guess what's frightening to me, if these people are making these determinations with the information that they have, that they're not taking into account, what else are they coming up with? Well, you
3: know, and and again, that's the whole thing. It's it's a matter of... um, you know, things people get fearful, and you know it's very difficult to quell the fear once it's and, and with pit bulls, it's taken off. It hit the ground running, and you know, and, and you're running behind trying to tell people, "Don't be fearful. It's not what you think," and, and it, it's very difficult. And and the media keeps fanning the flames of it, so it becomes very difficult difficult for organizations like the AVMA and the National Canine Research Council and, and different organizations to say, look, it's it's not what it appears to be, and yet then the next day there's, um, you a know, headlines type dog. Flashing all over.
1: So, Karen, I mean, let's take pit bulls out of the equation, or, or all dogs out for a minute. Can you, would you say that there is no problem? There isn't a bite, dog bite problem right now. No,
3: absolutely okay. not. A matter of fact, I wouldn't say it's not a problem because any time a dog, we it's less of a problem than it has ever been.
1: Okay, then my next question would be: If you have two thousand or three thousand people getting bit by dogs in in Manhattan, is there associated breeds with that? When like when there's a dog bite, is it written down? It was a you know Chesapeake or it was a Bichon? Mm -hmm. Do we? But people are guessing with that. Uh, Yeah, I'm I'm just asking if that information is out there.
3: You know, it's out there, but, you know, a lot of these uh, animal control has a data set, and you have to plug in a breed. Okay. So you have to pick a breed. Yep. So they'll look at it, and they go, well, this looks like a pit bull collie, but we got to put a primary breed, so uh, just hit pit bull.
1: It, and you, um, know, it, it, well, you know, it, this comes down to, it, like, individual accountability, individual ownership. But it goes deeper than that, all right? In Florida were these
2: jokers, who I'm paying attention to, and I'm going to give a hard time, who have passed this to open the door to this legislation? How many pit bulls or pit bull type of dogs have killed children in Florida, Karen?
3: Um, well, I'd have to go back and look at my stats, but it's certainly not as many that as drown in swimming pools. You know, we have a statistic on the website that. Um, okay, you know, sw- swimming
2: pools. What about parents? Parents killed over twelve hundred kids in Florida in a year. And if no, it's you're one
3: hundred forty, one hundred hundred
2: and forty? Mm-hmm. So 140 kids
3: mm-hmm.
2: are killed by their parents, mm-hmm. and the resources of the state are going to ban pit bulls, which have real, it, they're creating a crisis to scare people, and they're not paying attention to where the money and the legislation really needs to go. Would, yeah, you, would you agree with that, Karen?
3: absolutely. Absolutely.
2: And this is where we have to pull the nose of the plane up and starting to make the legislators pay attention to what the actual facts are and not the fantasy. One of the legislators, they actually said, I was leaving the house this morning and my wife looked at me and said, you remember that baby that was killed by those two pit bulls? First of all, they weren't two pit bulls. They're American bulldogs, which is an actual breed. Mm -hmm. It was a breeder. And this genius... All right, went in to clean the kennel and left her infant out outside with dogs running at large.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: You know, where do the, the adults get to be, be responsible here? What mother in their right mind would do something like that? Great point. You know, and they blow it up as the dog's being bad. I don't get it. Anyway, we need to go to break. Karen, we'll be back and we're going to close this up and I want to give people the information that they need where they can get the true research on pit bulls. Give us a call, 1-888-441-9876. You're with Great Pets Live.
4: Greetings, human. What planet am I
0: on? Welcome to Pet Planet. Here's a copy of Pet Planet magazine, Florida's most informative and fun pet resource magazine. It features heartwarming stories and informative articles from local and national pet experts. Excellent.
4: To my
0: condo in Boca. Pet Planet Magazine. Check them out at www.petplanetmagazine.com or 352-394-8578. It's out of this world.
4: New York. The glitz, the glamour, the exciting Mutt-tropolis. The sparkling kitty city that never sleeps. Join us each week for Pets in the City. With your host, Diane West. Celebrity pet sightings, hot events, and news and reviews with the hottest movers, shakers, and tail waggers in New York. So take a bite out of the Big Apple with Pets in the City. Every week, on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.
0: Let's talk pets.
4: Let's talk pets. On PetLifeRadio.
0: PetLifeRadio. PetLifeRadio.com. Pet
1: Welcome back to Great Pets Radio. This is Doctor Jim with Brian Kilcommons. Hey, Karen, what a great interview you are today! Thank you. Yeah, a lot of great information, and I really we appreciate you coming on. Let me give you my take on this. I think that people should mandatory have to go through a training process to own a dog. You have to. If you want to own a dog, you got to go through some kind of certification thing. The other thing is, and you know, and I'm not this, you know, this you know big on the laws kind of liberal type guy but i also think that people should have to pass the canine good citizens test award you know certificate program and if you can't then you then that puts you in a whole different category where you need to spend time you know working with your dog through people like kill commons or people who are in the know and how to solve some of these problems Th- that's 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 just my take on this. I, I think we need to move towards that. And Karen, I want to
2: thank you for all the work you do with the National Canine Research Council. Telling the truth, you can get information that's true information at the National Canine Research Council. dot com. Karen, keep up the good work. Yep. Let us and know how we can so help.
1: Good
3: thank job.
2: All righty, love. Be well.
3: Thank you.
2: Thank you. Okay, and we have Karen from Kachiko on. Hey, darling.
1: Well, every week, every week we have Karen from Kachiko uh, coming in talking about a pet that really tickles her fancy, and I'm sure she'll be calling back. Adam, get those buttons. Good boy, Adam. Good boy. Yeah. Karen, you're on. It's the uh, it's the ninth inning. There's one out. How are you today? <laughs>
4: Good. How
3: are you
1: doing? What do you got today?
3: Uh, we have a little Italian greyhound named Monty here. Monty. Really? Yeah. He just came back from a foster home, and he's been with small children, cats, and dogs, and he's doing great. He's a great little dog. How old is he? He's about seven.
1: Nice.
2: I don't like them for small kids. They're too delicate.
3: Um, he actually does well with them, though. He seems to gravitate towards them.
2: What, what are we talking about? What age?
3: Um, they were about four or five, I think, in the foster home, and he did really well with them.
2: Okay, but respectful, quiet kids, not, yes, not you know, crazy crazy boys that are tackling stuff. hmm put the little Italian greyhound the fear of its life.
1: Any cats looking for homes, Karen?
3: Um, we have plenty still. We're actually starting to see kittens again.
1: Alright, S- you, know. so if you need a kitten or if you're looking for a cat or a new addition to your home or a nice dog named Monty, give Cochico a call. You there today?
4: We are here so far today.
1: Alright. And how are adoptions going?
3: Very well. We had a great weekend last weekend and yesterday was great too. I think the weather's bringing everyone
2: out again. To, who would think? I
3: know, imagine. Yeah. Just-
2: <laughs> it's been so lovely. Well, you do a great job, Karen, yep. as usual. We love you. Thank keep up you, the good work. All right, you. Be well.
3: Bye.
2: So I'm going to keep on the, the Florida routine. I'm going to write a couple of letters and start getting on these legislators.
1: Well, let's talk to them. I mean, this is, how, this is how it starts. You know, our job is to be that conduit, that source to get the information out.
2: You know what? I'll call the guy, I think his name is Hill, who sponsored this legislation. And let's see just how much he knows. See if he'll come on air.
1: Oh, let him justify his decision. I mean, clearly, when you have all those experts, and they just said no. Some, he's got a reason why he, they did that. And that's what I, what? You're smiling at me. <laughs> I want to know his reason. <laughs> 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 Do you know how many nice pit bulls, and I hate to even use that term, I dislike using that term, but they're, they're really sweet dogs. A lot of them come in, and if you ever just grab one, I could just see the dog looking up saying, you know, you're going to take me for a ride?
2: But, you know, at this point, where am I going with we, you, officer? We, you know, we need to look at the dog, because identifying it as a bully breed or a pit bull or a pit bull mix just isn't holding water on a scientific basis. Yeah, Only 25% of those dogs identified hold up as some type of pit bull that is You know, 100%, 75%, we're getting it
1: wrong. We can't base this on their behavior by the way they look. Especially when, they're, when, they're, when euthanasia happens to be the end result of this whole thing. To say the least. Yeah, that's and That's horrible. what has me so upset. Anyway, have a great week, everyone. We'll be back next week live. Next week, we're going to have Bill Bartlett, a gentleman who actually did the Iditarod, because the Iditarod's going on now. will be over next week. But this guy lives in New Hampshire, and he did the race. Great. This is going to be fun. Yeah. All right. Thanks for listening to Great Pets Radio for, Doctor, for Dr. Kill Commons. You are a Dr. Kilcommons, as yeah, far I as I know. This is worry. Dr. Jim. Have a great week.
0: You've been listening to The Great Pets Radio Show. Join Brian and Dr. Jim next Sunday for more informative pet talk. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.